0: Hey guys, Montel here. Welcome to this edition of Free Thinking with Montel. And I got to tell you, it's time to do some free thinking. You know, I did an interview today and I was very, 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 very pleased to do the interview. That I did I literally was a guest on someone else's show. And, you know, I was listening to it, and it was an hour long interview, and I was listening to their commercial breaks. And in the commercial breaks, a very informative talk show that I was on, they provided some different information, commercials about different things. And one of the commercials that they had was with a doctor that was just saying to people, you know what, we know that we're coming out of a tough time. Right now, this po- COVID pandemic time has been crazy. Its effects on all of us have been the same, but also different. There are some of us who have belabored the anxiety that COVID is caused. You you don't like being alone at home. You don't want to be locked up in your, your apartment or your home. And you've been staying away from going to restaurants. You've been avoiding people and avoiding contact. But then you've got people who are calling you all the time and trying to say, hey, where you been? I want to talk to you. You know what? Let's stop for a second and just take a moment to remember. It's okay to just chill, just breathe. I mean, I often try to give as much inspiration to and and many suggestions to people about ways to literally improve your everyday life. You know, I've written multiple books. You know, one of the last books I wrote was Living Well with Montel. And, you know, to be able to live well is something that's defined by each individual. But, you know, I think that it means, you know, having less stress in your day being able to achieve the things that you want to accomplish each day and walking away at the end of the day with a smile. face. As a matter of fact, you know, one thing that I do do for myself every day is I try to end my day by saying, what did I do today that's worth talking about tomorrow? And that's something that you ought to just pin it. If you can't write it down on a little piece of paper, put it by your bed before you go to sleep and think about it consciously. Think about what you did today that's worth talking about tomorrow. And then when you wake up in the morning, read that little piece of paper to yourself. Oh, that's what I did. That'll help you start your day off with a success rather than starting your day off with, Oh, it's me. I got all this stuff I got to do today. No, I'm already successful. Now the rest of it is just icing on the cake and you'll find something else at the end of the day to write about for tomorrow. And another little thought is that, you know, take the time right now to remember that there are so many other people out there that are, not suffering, but just feeling melancholy. You know, they're down and out. Why? Maybe because they haven't heard from you, their friend. So maybe what you could do is take a little time out of your day to write a little note to your friend. Write it, literally sit down, take a piece of paper and a pen, write a note of gratitude to your friend. You know, I'm really thankful that you're a part of my life. I'm thankful, write it to your wife. You know, I just did that in a, in a long test of my wife, I text to my wife today because she's traveling and she's working. So I wrote her a note just to say and reminder that baby, you know what, when you're gone from me, it hurts my heart. My heart aches when you're gone. I can't wait for you to come back home. Just so you can be with I and you know our little puppy, Mr. Max. You know, he misses you too. We just want you here with us. It's not, you don't have to do anything, just be in the space. But know that while you're gone, I love you with all my heart. I'll write that little note, text it off to her. Why? Because I want to make sure when she gets it, it makes her feel better. I got a guest today who is literally, you know, trying to do that for so many of us who are suffering from and surviving from chronic illness. My guest today is an actor, a rapper, and a, and a self-professed nerd. You've probably seen him in one of the 30-plus national commercials that he's done for brands such as Lowe's and Realtor.com. Well, at the age of 34, he began experiencing difficulty walking, and he was eventually diagnosed with the same scourge that I have. It's called MS. He's a man behind the No Stress MS YouTube channel, which aims to bring joy, camaraderie, and information to the MS community. Jamie Washington, thanks so much for being a part of Free Thinking with Montel today, sir.
1: Thank you for having me
0: here in the space,
1: Montel. Absolutely. A pleasure and a joy to be here. You had me crying, so I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Hi. (laughs) Thank you, my friend. And and thank you for what you do. Let's go back before I dig deep into what you're doing right now. Let's talk a little bit about what your life was like before you got your MS diagnosis. You were married. You were living in the Big Apple and pursuing your entertaining career, entertainment career. And what were your plans for the future at that point before your diagnosis?
1: It's funny because I used to say that um, I see myself uh, as some funny guy on a multi-camera sitcom somewhere for six to eight seasons.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: as I'm trying to figure out how to make something like that happen, um, you know, health really starts to get to a point where you really need to go to doctors and various doctors until you figure out
0: what specifically is wrong with you. And well, did you start did you having some, were they symptoms that came on all of a sudden, or were they symptoms that came on over a period of time? It, um, my wife
1: and I have been together uh, since college, um, and so we know each other very, very well. Um, and she noticed that I was um, holding her differently when I was walking down the street. And she's like, look, I don't know what's wrong with you, bro, but something's wrong with you. Um, You need to figure that out. And between that and me not being able to do my high energy tasks on camera like I normally am, um, the combo of that made me just need to go to doctors and be like, hey, doc, something's up. Uh, What's going on? And eventually, three doctors later and about five five months later, um, it's what's wrong is multiple sclerosis.
0: Gotcha. Well, you know, do me a favor, though. Let, let's back up right on this point itself, because, you know, I think there's so many other people out there who tune in to my podcast who are trying to figure out. hmm, and do it. Hmm, uh, hmm. Let, 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 explain to me what was that difference in your gait that your wife noticed and did you notice it before she did? Because I'll tell you a little story. You know, I started noticing way before I got diagnosed that I couldn't stand being on the right side of people. I needed to be on the person's left side. Why? I don't know. I would get up. I'd be, you know, you get up from a table, get ready and walk out of a restaurant, and a person would step to the left of me, and it, and it threw me off. It threw me off in the sense that I couldn't even really walk through tables. So if I got to their left side, things were a little bit better. Then I started noticing, mm, I didn't have a foot drag, but I started noticing when I saw videos of me walking I noticed that I had this weird thing going on with my hip. Like I was walking straight, but you know, I, I was, I spent, you know, over 22 years in the military. So I know how to march and I know how to march straight, but I started noticing, I'm like throwing my left hip around. And, you know, and then I started thinking to myself, you know what, when is the last time that I ran? And I thought to myself, wait a minute, I haven't run for Years. It wasn't days. <laughs> I, I, and then I remember the last time that I ran was I was playing this basketball game, and I was—I <laughs> use the term for myself—I was all afflicted. I just couldn't run right. You know what I mean? And I went and tried, dude. I played. I lettered high school basketball. You know? What yeah, I mean? no, you who? You come on. I can tell you who. I could play hoop, man. And 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 I couldn't even really complete a layup. And then I thought to myself, well, how long has it been since I tried to do a pickup basketball game? It's been seven, eight years. I haven't run. I haven't literally put my feet in front of myself and started running down the street, even running out of the way of a moving car. As a matter of fact, if a car was coming near me, I literally would grab on somebody's shoulder and pull myself away. And why am I doing that? Was that what you were starting to experience?
1: Um, there are a few things. My vision certainly was started to get wonky uh, when I would check my blind spot when I was driving. It I was something that I really needed to not do because the, everything would shake. Right. Um, and that, So that was sort of one weird thing. And then I would list, when my wife said something was wrong with my gait, I would list to one side. I would list to the right side. And I would always start to lose my balance tripping up on the right side. I um, mean, it started to become c- common. And I would be able to plan on it or, you know, what, whatever, whatever. And all of these are just small little things that over time, you're like, this is all adding up to be bad. i got to figure this out.
0: Well, you know, when you say like so when you start planning for it, I mean, I can remember before my diagnosis, I would literally walk to, I'm walking in a restaurant in New York with, with friends I walk in and I stop at the door. People would think, well, what are you stopping at the door? Because I'm worried about people. Oh, it's Montel. No. (laughs) I had to plot my, plot my (laughs) tables. There's three tables here, two tables there, a table there. I know I can't walk between the tables. So I would let the, whoever the maitre d' or the the host take the other people to the table. I see where I got to go. Now I have to plan it so that all of the, all the individuals and other people standing all on my right, not on my left. Cause if they were on my left, dude, I could walk through a, through two tables and fall on somebody's lap. And, you know, and of course, when you do that or you trip, you play it off, like, you know, something's on the floor, you try to play it off, but you know, there was no reason to be playing it off. So you were noticing that too, right?
1: Basically it's, I, um, I'm a very high energy person, um, mm-hmm. and can focus and put, a gigantic amount of energy into a camera and as um i was working through uh, a music video that i had uh that i was planning on that i was i it was mine i wrote it i got the seven people in my house to shoot it i i'm like i'm locked in to this thing that i usually do um i would do the high energy stuff on the camera and then i would be wiped out not tired not oh let me sit down like on the floor, on my hands and knees, sucking wind. And that's when it, my part of, part of me started to understand that something was really wrong with me. Like, yeah, my balance is weird. Yeah, my visions is, vision is weird. However, my character, uh, character? no, that's not it. Um, my textbook, my signature, yeah. My signature energy is gone.
0: Did you notice? Did you notice any other emotional changes with yourself? Like you know, uh, any um, um, they call it pseudo bulbar effect, where you get angry for no reason or you cry for no reason, um, but it's really called emotional ability. Did you start to notice any of that? Because I can tell you, there was a period of time with me when my I was first diagnosed, and and I was going through again one of my symptoms. I had vision issues. And I had them spirit- periodically for over 20 years. So I got this misdiagnosed for 20 years. I know it was. Yeah, you got misdiagnosed for 20 years, man. 20 years, man. But during that period of time, I started noticing, and I, 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 I didn't notice it in real time. I would notice it looking back over, let's say, the last three or four weeks, that I yelled at somebody for no damn reason at all. Mm. I got angry at something. And then I used to think to myself, that, you know, I, I could cry when the wind blew. I mean, wind blew out crying for no reason whatsoever. If I'm watching TV, I can sit there and see a, a thing and I was crying. And, you know, I played off that I was emotional guy. But at the same time, you know, it was a bothering me. I started literally, there was a period of time when I first got diagnosed with my brother. I'm going to tell you this is so the truth. I literally believed I was losing my mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I could, I could, you know, there, there were, there were, I, I just would, would focus in on one thing and that would zero me in. i was so angry mm-hmm. for no reason. <laughs> and then I started to, once I got diagnosed I started studying on the disease, I recognized that these are changes that are happening to my brain that I have no control over. And I got to get a grip and figure out how to control myself so that I'm not, a burden to other people.
1: Or, yeah, Natural, not charged up, ready to go. It's like, hey, we're
0: yeah. on the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you were feeling that same thing. The
1: emotional thing is still somewhat of a um, a reach for me because that's uh, like another layer. Specifically, the um, the the fatigue, the vision, the cognitive um, inability to process the information. Uh, like like normal uh, like I've been accustomed to excuse me and um, it, it, so that I can make decisions on the fly and be funny uh, <laughs> things of that nature that the fog and the thick and the soup of it is more of what I experienced.
0: During, before the doctor said MS, what were you thinking? What do you think was going on when you said I got to go see somebody? But I'm sure that you know, in that taxi ride or in that car ride over to the doctor's office, you were going holy moly! I wonder what the hell's going on with me. What, what was the thought?
1: You know, it's that's that's funny. I'm like, I never really thought about that. I'm the type of person that can know that, like, I don't know what's going on in the situation that I'm going to go into, but I know it's not going to be very good. So I am just the, I am aiming to be the the most middle of the road as I possibly can, um, so that whatever comes at me, um, I'm able to uh, work through it in the most balanced uh, head and way as, as possible. And like, I'm telling you, When I got the neurologist report back and healthy, 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 he totally has multiple sclerosis, healthy, 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 get a neurologist and check it out. My brain is I'm like, that's what Montel got. Hmm. That's, That's not good. Oh, hmm. All right. Well, now, now that I know what it is, and you are out there in the forefront of, as, as a model and, and an idea and an ideal of how you take uh, the catalyst of uh, severe health issues and work through it through yourself and your community to continue to, to, to stretch towards something that not only is better health uh, than you've ever felt, but the ideals that help bring you to the spaces to be able to do the things to bring you better health. That mindset is totally different. And like you said, like you wouldn't trade, you wouldn't trade that for anything, you know?
0: No, I mean, I've, I've often said it and I'll say it even to today, you know, though it has not been an easy journey. I had somebody ask me the other day, um, you know, do you deal with MS every day? And the answer is yes something in my consciousness it? my <laughs> excuse me, is talking okay. to me every day. He's right there right <laughs> now. Yeah, I got it. It's like, you know, like the good good and bad witch on your shoulder, where I got a third one on my shoulder. Okay. But, yeah, it's there talking to me. But, you know what? I can cope with it and deal with it because it's almost like become a friend, an evil friend, but a friend. i can look at it as a blessing in a way because it's also made me learn so many more things about myself. Some of them I wish I had learned quicker, um, and I didn't, but eventually I did. And now, understanding it now at this point in my life, I look at it as a way to, number one, help me help others self-diagnose and help dig deeper into what are you? Are you defined by two letters, MS, or are you defined by, truthfully, how you deal with your MS?
1: Mm. It's it's funny because my whole uh, existence and my métier these days is making multiple sclerosis content, and a lot of the, um, the lessons that you learn lo- that you've learned and, and pieces of your uh, growth are intricately tied to this condition. Now, would you have preferred to go through those things without having the condition? Oh boy. That would have been really nice, but that didn't happen that way. And I find the middle in all of that and just aim to stay as consistent as I can um, and hold space um, in a way that feels truthful to me. And that um, is amplified via the YouTubes. And um, that's it. And that's all. I'm just going to keep on making until, not even until I just, I make, I create videos So that people with multiple sclerosis feel less alone. Mm. It's an isolated condition. So if you only got me, at least you got me.
0: No, I mean, it's it's so wonderful, especially the fact that, you know, again, if you recognize that it's bigger than just yourself and your experience, you know, will help others. And what's the the feedback you've been getting from some of the people that you, you, you know, watch your videos?
1: It's it's um, I'm not even going to say it's a mixed bag. It's a, a broad uh, spectrum of, of gratitude, of um, recognition, of um, uh, thank you for say, speaking about these things in this way, because your <laughs> has a different spin than a lot of. Well, you have multiple sclerosis right now and <laughs> that of the content that's out there. Um, And you can, I I think, you know, me going, me taking you to the infusion center, me going through the ups and downs of either the diets or the various supplements, you see what specifically is wrong with me and what, excuse me, what condition, what pieces of the condition I need to address to find more uh, wellness. Mm -hmm. And through that, you know what your own thing is. You know what you've done. You know what you've, you've succeeded at. You know what you've failed at. You know what you might want to try again. You know that there's a space on the internet uh, that will be giving you um, information about multiple sclerosis that you enjoy, that is useful to you, and that might help you with you in your own way.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I should share with you, I, you know, I, I've been working on and working with a company uh, that's been developing a medical device. That's called a Pons device. Pons
1: device that you put it on up on the hill by Helios Technology,
0: sir. Yes, there you go. Well, you already know about it. Hopefully, it'll be available soon. And if, I tell you something, it can change your gait, my friend. It'll change the way you balance and how your brain processes balance and gait. Um, hopefully, they will be commercialized within the next eight or nine months, but at least that's one tool in our quiver, right? Or one, one extra weapon in the quiver, one extra arrow in the quiver
1: to help, right? It's a tool in the toolbox of of wellness, and what works for me is not going to work for you, vice versa. The whole the whole nine yards throughout the world. However, there are some commonalities. Well, if you tend toward this, and don't do this, and make sure you go to sleep, and all the stuff that um, it's a game of inches, is what I is what I generally say. MS is a game of inches, and uh, I am particularly focused and energetic around outcomes.
0: So mm-hmm. I am. Well, you know, you, 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 you said in interviews that you feel like the black experience with MS is different for people of color. Explain what you mean by that.
1: In a lot of ways, there's um, being a black person in the United States that is already in a different experience from your general population. Step one step 2 because of that it's intricately tied to our bodies not not only not having value or not even having worth <laughs> just not even being human so many of the strides that are part of major modern medicine were done on the backs of people that look like me and you with no anesthesia with no um sort of um uh, uh Deference to their humanity. So you have a a nation that's sort of built on that. and between understanding what that is and untangling that and also knowing that you know you if you are African American, you have a twenty five percent chance of a greater disease progression, more um more disease cro- progression more quickly. Um that is the sort of, we, and we don't know why yet. That's sort of the the world that I live
0: in. And- well, we also understand, and we should make this very clear, is that there were there were not African-Americans diagnosed with MS before, you know, Lola Falana, you know, in the late uh, 70s. Uh, people don't know that. I mean, you know, they gave uh, uh, oh. a diagnosis of MS, but we're not really sure if that was a true diagnosis of MS or it could have been because of severe drug use. Drug use. So, you know, MS was not a disease. If you go back to some of the, the physician desk references of the 60s and 70s, they said that MS was a disease that was characterized and found only in women of Caucasian Northern European descent. And then all of a sudden, they started getting some males of Caucasian Northern European descent. Then you had Lola Flana and others. And people don't recognize the fact that in our genealogy, genealogy, you know, I mean, I have a mother who was half Caucasian and her mother was from a place of Northern European descent. So therefore, you know, that's something that could have fallen in my G point. I mean, also yeah, just in, in study on my own and some of the research that I I actually helped to fund, a lot of people don't know this, but, you know, doctors in at the Nobel Institute in, in uh, Stockholm, Sweden, you know, like to claim that MS is a Viking disease, uh, a disease found in Viking gene. Did you know that? Uh, that is, I would say this is news to me. So if you look around the planet at all the places that the Vikings travel to, those are the places that you find MS on the soil. I mean, you look at the United States and the northern part of the United States and in Canada and places like that, there's a huge population in some parts of Canada. And you look at the migration of the Viking gene pool back in the day, and there may be some value to this. Now that's a peer-reviewed study document that has only been validated by the by the Vikings, but you know, it is a disease that is of genetic order. And, you know, I think um you know that it just it just puzzled me also, like you. How it, the second they started diagnosing African Americans with the disease, then you know some of the early data seemed to claim that we had worse outcomes, but now some of the doctors who even read wrote that that information are now backtracking because now they're starting to say that it mm, might not be real. There might not be a further... We, we do know that in the categories of, you know, African-American males were always considered in one of the worst categories for disease progression, but, you know, it hasn't been the same. Look, you you keep
1: dropping this knowledge, man. I was, I was see, watching your other show where you were interviewing Redman and he was calling you Uncle Monty and I'm like, nah, nice, that's up. Yeah, well, yeah. First of all, Ark is always bringing. He's bringing the joy. He's bringing the knowledge. He's holding the space so that you can understand more about yourself and also expand. So you know, I did as you put that on my on my brain and my heart. I'm like, no, I got to at least let this out the bag because whenever I see you, I'm like, there you go, Ark, Let's okay. go. Like,
0: you well, you here. know what I tell you. Well, thank you. I, I just I just talked to Red Man yesterday. Uh, very interesting. He also did uh, another one of our podcasts a couple of weeks back. So. And uh, got a few of them up there. He's in my "Let's Be Blunt" podcast. I, I, I ask you this, and please, you know, if you don't feel like answering, it's okay. But did have you found any relief in cannabis with your MS or no?
1: Uh, sir, why do you think I was watching the show with you and Red Mans?
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. we can have a little. What it is is that the nerd in me knows that there are over 60 receptors from head to toe that don't do anything else that bind, but bind with uh, chemicals found in that plant. Step one, you're built for it. Step two, knowing that because there's so many delivery methods, if you figure out a way to personally, I like slow bake. I I slow cook coconut oil into um, making my own vegan cookies. So there are just little small things that, you can either um, you either stack on top of each other if you need a certain effect, or you just know um, you take one or two accordingly. Bottom line: Yes, I am all, about, not only only all. Excuse me, not only all about that. However, I do understand that if it's not a part of your wellness regime, you're missing a major component.
0: I, I will say that I confirm that with you 100 percent I think that, you know, you nailed it when you said it. What people do not understand is that, you know, as mammals, all mammals have something that's called an endocannabinoid system. We have these okay. receptors, C B1 and CB2 connectors, and CB1s in your brain, C B2s in your peripheral uh, organs and in your skin. And those receptors are antagonized by the cannabinoids that come out of that plant, though they also create our own endogenous cannabinoids inside of our body and there's a lot of research out there right now that seems to believe that by us not feeding that endogenous cannabinoid endocannabinoid system we have deficiencies in anandamide and 2AG which are two of those cannabinoids that we create get them
1: up let's go <laughs> dropping
0: the knowledge what the cause you know a lot of our what we think are autoimmune diseases could be caused by the fact that we have not fed a system that's part of our natural body. Part of, you know, we know for a fact that the endocannabinoid system is responsible for cellular homeostasis, which means you know that Goldilocks zone where the cells are just operating just right. And if you don't feed that system, that system gets out of whack, and that's what causes some of the disease and illness that we have. I guarantee you, within the next four to five years, as more and more research is done and developed. We are going to kick ourselves understanding that we allowed one government to change the natural, you know, nervous system of mankind. That
1: was a. am sorry. Excuse me.
0: (laughs) That's all right. We'll, We'll keep going. Yeah. I mean, so we've allowed one government to literally change and stop feeding the natural nervous system that God meant for us to feed.
1: It's very interesting because um, mystics and um, folks of that nature says like, yeah, it's built in because you're supposed to make them yourself. Um, And yes, you can take other things, um, but try to make them yourself. Uh, No matter what the um, premise is, Again, having the tool in your toolkit to do something that science cannot match and that o- only nature can match. And as you are part of nature, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, whatever your um, understanding of the of the uh, previously mentioned thing is, you have to be open to seeing what
0: else could be possible. And- I mean, you know, we're living in this time and this era right now where people claim to be you know, not the supporting science, but for those who still believe that Albert Einstein was one of the smartest people on the planet, well, homeboy said, for every action is an equal and opposite reaction. So for every disease on this planet, God probably put on this planet something that would be a cure for that disease. We just have to find it before we destroy it all in rainforests and in and, and the way we are destroying this planet. So- you know, um, if, if that's the one piece of science that you can take away that you think you believe, and we all know that that's been validated and proven for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So for diseases like MS and other things like that, there's an equal and opposite reaction to it. We just got to find it. And cannabis could be a part of that. Not necessarily like you said, I'm make sure people listen. I'm not trying to say to everybody that cannabis is going to be your end all cure all, but there is enough, not just only anecdotal, but there's enough research out there that has proven that we know for a fact that problems with that endocannabinoid system are the reason for several different maladies that man face today. Why are we not feeding that system to see if we can improve its response to the other things that are going on in our bodies?
1: Luckily, I live in California, and so that is, there's less red tape around that. Um, right. But making my own um, cookies to be able to be like, eh, to be able to add a, a layer of eh, this isn't so bad or, oh, I can deal with this right now um, is something that is it's not in the general um, psyche of how to feel better. Um, but is a
0: humongous component
1: of figuring out your own Rubik's cube of wellness. Because again, mine is not yours, and yours is not absolutely,
0: yours. absolutely. I and mean, you nailed it, you hit it right on the head. I mean, it's like, and again,
1: this is what I do. I'm this is my job.
0: I'm here with you, sir. There you go, brother. I mean, it's it's you know, <laughs> helping people navigate their space to find what's comfortable for them. Tell me about your YouTube channel, tell me a little bit more about it.
1: No stress ms. Um, it started when I, um, as I was trying to expand my um, entertainment career, uh, another friend of mine who also does commercials and also does shows uh, was like, hey, man, you have the personality to be you a YouTube dude and you kind of have all of the nerd gear to do it. So how about you just start talking on camera? And it was it was that spinal tap, man. I'm telling you, I was it was like, oh, OK, cool. Or, oh, OK, that sounds cool. Or like a lot of work or like whatever. Spending 12 days on my back, <laughs> only being able to pee and to sleep, made me think, I am going to not, I'm going to be in, excuse me, I'm going to leave this bed one day. When I do leave this bed, what can I do that I would, that I want to do, but I would generally talk myself out of, just resist mm-hmm. just humans being human, that would slow me down. And I'm like, no, when I get out of this bed, what is the fastest, what is the the most that I could do? Um, Just me being me. And I was making videos and about a year into it, it turned into no stress MS because the only videos that people actually watched on the channel were the ones when I went to do uh, my infusions or the one when I was talking about MS. But like, I was like, hey, I'm in this awesome country. Hey, I'm doing this awesome thing. Nobody watches those videos, sir. Uh, So I talk about MS now.
0: That's great. And some of the stuff that you share with people is your daily journey, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Today, the more you can break down a life into a day, (laughs) into hours, you can, again, find those inches. That if MS is a game of inches, you break it down your day in your activities, you can maybe catch a little inch on something. And that, that's all I, I want to help to help facilitate the movement of people's needles. You know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> well, what kind of lifestyle changes have you made and shared with your viewers that, that have helped you? Because again, you nailed it when you said it. You know, i I liken MS to like a computer, like the one that you're on and I'm on. I could take a drop of water hold it up here and drop a drop of water on my keyboard. The intricacy of the grid underneath this keyboard, my water goes in, let's say it goes in by the H, my computer is going to start reacting differently than if you drop that same drop of water right on that H on your computer, because it may have fallen a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. And therefore, it's going to affect some of the other circuits and connections. So our brains are that way. I have scars in my brain. You have scars in your brain. The scar in this part of my brain may be different than and affect a different area of me than affects you because I, my brain wired differently through experiences that I had in my life and so did yours. So when I talk about lifestyle changes that I hope that everybody who's watching understands that not any single one of them is going to make a difference in everybody's life. But, you know, you can try them and see if maybe it does help affect you. So what kind of lifestyle changes did you make?
1: Well, uh, no gluten, no sugar, no dairy jumped into the whole WALS protocol um, ideal of trying to figure out um, I, what am I putting in here? Um, and so, you know, you got your supplements, you got your um, no gluten, no sugar, no dairy, um, and you aim to eat your X amount of uh, vegetables. Um and meditation and qigong twice a day, like period, like mm-hmm. when sun comes up, like it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the same time. Give yourself some slack. Sun come up, meditate and qigong. Sun go down, meditate and qigong. And that's the, the way that I find myself on the smoothest path.
0: That's great. And you said that you are not your thoughts, but the being that hears. Yeah, your-
1: yeah, yeah you're not the th- you're not your
0: thoughts. You're the thinker. Right. Can you explain the importance of that perspective? Talk a little bit about what that means. It's
1: it's something that's still like I've I've certainly heard it spoken. And even hearing you say it back to me has me think about it even more. There's so many things that have been put in our brains consciously, subconsciously and uh, familial, um, personal, <laughs> All of these things are going a bajillion miles a minute. I mean, you've got a universe in your skull. So not everything that you necessarily hear in here is going to be um, for your best uh, interest. It could be feeding or not feeding, or it could be um, something else that is valid, um, but just doesn't serve your, your highest thing. And so that's
0: kind of
1: really what what I mean is and that's where the sit habit comes from. If you sit, if you meditate for, I, I do it uh, twenty minutes, uh, twenty minutes top, twenty minutes, twenty minutes at the bottom. If you sit with yourself for twenty minutes every day, you are going to eventually get to the point where you can have a thought, but not attach your action behind the, it in the moment, and your energy, and your focus, and your drive. It's like, nah, you just have it, and hopefully, you're like, I'm not gonna say that right now. I'm like. Mm-hmm. And Life continues to expand and evolve the more you um, fold the practice into your into your lifestyle.
0: You know, I, I often tell people it's like, you know, one of the one of the stupidest things that I think anyone has ever said is that you can't talk to yourself. <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? You're your best You're friend. <laughs> why? Why shouldn't you? Why don't you? You know, we spend more time talking to ourselves we'd understand where we're coming from before we open our mouths and say something to somebody else. Um, it's, and- it's
1: nuts because when a lot of, a lot of your reactions, if you start to sit, a lot of your reactions, you get from a parent or a friend or like, whatever you're like, Oh no, I don't need to react to this, to that uh, stimulus in this way. My mom right. said that. So I don't, I don't do that anymore.
0: You, what are some of the tips that you have for others who have MS? Like one of them that you talk about is keeping a health ledger. But what are some of oh, the other? Yeah. You have? let's talk about the health ledger first.
1: Ledger right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a data nerd. I mean, I, like again, I'm, I'm a nerd. I built my first computer when I was 15. I'm 40. So wow. I am like in like, <laughs> to, to data and systems, and a lot of times a way to move the needle on something is to take it out of your head and to put it on paper. It might not feel um, as nice to look at what you did not do. You right. will eventually get over that and get through that. And this is part of it. Right. Uh, the first place um, bottom line um, developing the uh, not the habit, but just the, the space for you to feel uncomfortable and I don't know if I'm that this is gonna be right, this is the, like all of that static. If ultimately you think that perhaps this new activity could give you some wellness down the line in the long term, stick with it, keep on going through. It. And the person that you are that's pushing you through that all will meet that person that's having that resistance. And then the two of you will evolve together and you will have a lovely life.
0: There you go. There you go. Well, I mean, what what are some other tips that you have for people who, who have a mess?
1: Man, that whew, I would say certainly, certainly look at no gluten, no sugar, no dairy. Certainly look at figuring out if you don't have 15 minutes for yourself, who do you got time for, homie? Um, um, and I know that it's, it's people have kids. life, Like, sure, I get it. I'm just putting positing that notion. Eat differently. Take time for yourself. And know that know that we are in the day and age where having such a malady is not what it once was at another day and age. And all of the that comes along with it, I'm not gonna say disregard it, however, embrace the fact that we the world is flat. Montel has a stream of show. Okay. Like this, it's a different world that we live in and walk, walk in that, walk toward that and see what you can do to get out of your own way. It will not be comfortable at all, but it will be fruitful.
0: Absolutely. And what question, what is the Marilyn Hilton free from falls program? Well, you're working with that, right?
1: Yeah. So, um, again, this is, my wife, the beautiful lady on my team who's been around this whole time saying, hey, you should do that, go to, go to the doctor like that, as she has um, uh, a voracious brain for information like mine, and as she's um, pulling down information, she saw that um, UCLA, we live in that, we live in the, in the neighborhood close to the center. And she saw saw the center and eventually, not eventually, suggested that I try one of their programs. And the first program I I tried, um, they only have so many. Anyway, the the first program I tried, um, made good friends, had a good time, was near my home. Um, So it's like, oh, if they offer another program, let's do it again. And um, applied this time and balance exercises, another set of community, um, and uh, just really like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be presented with a bar to jump over for the next seven weeks that I know that if I continually figure out a way to jump over that bar, I will have different health outcomes. So the group uh, really helps uh, me, one, stick to a plan or a regimen, maybe w- during a time when they might not have or would have. So that, that's what I'm getting from.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's very, very interesting. You know, a lot of times, you know, unfortunately all doctors across the country aren't the same and they don't give the same advice to us who are trying to navigate this space. But, you know, I've been one that has been just a firm believer that, you know, even if at some point in time that I only can move two fingers, if I exercise those two fingers, I'll move them better. So, you know, Exercise and practice, you know, paying attention to your gait, paying attention to your balance. You know, there are things that are going to happen to you as you get older, whether you have MS or not, that will affect your balance and gait. So, any, any things that you can do to help, you know, lock that in, that will give you more confidence hence make your experience in navigating the space better.
1: As a performer, I am a, a little bit more accustomed to this than the general pop population repetition repetition nice. and in the face of not an outcome you would like that has you trying to do the thing in the first place the only thing that matters is that you try is you try again do it again do it again and so i've i mainly live in that space of again 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 mm-hmm. till mm-hmm. something um this is an outcome that i is tangible that 14 days ago, I said, oh, no, I don't think that was could have done anything. But because I've been doing it every day for 14 days, twice a day, I see how this is an extra component um, to, to, again, my wellness toolbox.
0: So sure.
1: knowing it- how to do that is really with the difference a lot of times.
0: Turning it into a habit, and you know the fact is, it only takes 21 days to make 21 it. 21 days. <laughs> so you do it for 21 days, and you got it locked in. Yeah. Just throw out some information real quick. Make sure everybody knows where to go to get to you. Oh, uh,
1: YouTube.com/slash NoStressMS and DamianWashington.com if you want to check out my commercials and stuff. But that's where you get your DW news.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. And anything else you want to add, my friend? It is very
1: important that you are in the space, making space for yourself, making space for us in the community. Thank you. You have had this journey at a point when there were not only less therapies available, there wasn't this giant global uh, communication thing that we have going on here. And so not only did you find wellness before these times, you continue to e- e- adapt and find ways to present yourself and your energy. The thing that one Emmys, the thing that like was on TV for say, 16 years. Um, and that gives you a place in the hearts of uh, anyone who has ever seen whatever you do. Thank you for being met with such a beast. As multiple sclerosis. And whether it's Navy manning it, whether it's, I don't know, I don't know what it is, found some space to keep going. And then it, the space that you have taken as you find your will, it gives you space in your own world. It gives space to people like me. Um, and we are all better for
0: it. So, uh, thank you, my friend. Thank you. No, thank you, sir. And, you know, we all have to understand is that you know, we it, there's no value in living a life if you're living it just for yourself. Apparently, so, we, are, yeah. <laughs> That's, we cannot live for self alone, my friend. I think, I, especially right now, we're in a time when this country and this world is so divided, so divisive at every single level, man. From you know, we're getting ready to go into nightmare time in the in the world because of, you know, uh logistics are problems with um you know, supply chain all over the world. People are going to start fighting for their little peace. And, you know, and they they though we've already been fighting now, they're gonna fight even more. So we're getting ready to go into a really, really volatile time that I think people, like you said, need to take more time out of their own space and recognize that by meditating for yourself for two times a day, you truly are meditating for the world. Okay. In those those two 20 minute sessions, you've done less to negatively affect the world than you've done to positively. So, you know, take that time out and take some of the negative out of the world so that the rest of the world can blossom and bloom and, and build off of the positive energy that you put out there. Thank you. I appreciate that. The
1: idea of doing something that you might not think that you could do um, habitually is a major component of what I have how I evolved. So meditating, so qigong, twice, like all of these things are things that not only did I not used to do, I have resistance to doing. And that's part of it, and it's okay. And I really, really urge folk to do what they know they should, may probably should do, but don't feel like doing. Right. How about you do that? How about you do that a hundred times and call me in the
0: morning? <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, well, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. You always have a home here. If you ever put some information out. One more time, tell them where they can go to find you damianwashington.com
1: youtube.com slash no stress ms
0: and you know you can find them right here on free thinking with Montel. so thank you so much for tuning in and make sure you have a really wonderful day hug and love that family of yours and i'll see you the next time
1: but one thing i haven't touched on too much is the mental aspects of ms
0: i've always known them but never really
1: owned them until one day things just weren't going so right in my life and i thought you know all that difficulty concentrating and that poor judgment and that cognitive fog you're experiencing? You know a lot of that has to do with MS, right? Right? Some doctors have even said that the mental aspects of multiple sclerosis are often overlooked but can be subtle and world-rocking. Well, I just added that world-rocking part. That, the subtlest part is what the doctor said. Sometimes it's planning and prioritizing things, sometimes it's walking into a room and forgetting what the heck you came in there for in the first place. The National MS Society's website also lists information processing, dealing with information gathered by the five senses, attention and concentration, dealing with a particularly divided attention, verbal fluency, like trying to find your words, like that's why this vlog is so chopped up because I'll just be like a lot of the times and be like, wait, what did I mean to say? That's not exactly what I meant to say. You could only have difficulty in one of these areas or several of them. Cognitive function correlates with the number of lesions on an MRI and brain atrophy, which is why you should take that alpha lipoic acid twice a day. Don't need that brain atrophy, baby.
0: Thanks for joining me on three. thinking with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear feedback, so please send us your comments.